You're listening to the Fit Me Forever podcast, episode number 45. Welcome to the Fit Me Forever podcast hosted by the OmniFit. We're about all things fitness. We help women get off the diet roller coaster to find sustainable health, embracing life right where you are on the way to where you're going. I'm Coach Jody V, a certified nutrition coach who specializes in helping women become physically and mentally strong to regain energy for a life they love. I would like to welcome my co-host, Kayla Duncan, owner of the OmniFit, and fellow colleague and nutrition coach, Taylor Noel. Together, we are the OmniFit. Hi, ladies. Today, we're going to be talking about what to do when your significant other isn't healthy. We're going to touch on the topics of creating health in your relationship, supporting one another, and how to become the best version of yourself. So we'll jump in and get started. Have you joined us in the Fit Me Forever membership group yet? If not, what are you waiting for? This program is perfect if you want simple instruction for your exercise that's geared towards making improvements physically. This program also includes our meal planning guides and cardio recommendations based on your unique goals. We've got it all set up for you so you can join us at any time. You don't have to wait. When you join, you'll onboard immediately into our mobile app and get your profile all set up. From that point, you'll have personal access to our program straight from your phone. It is truly brainless in terms of following a system. There is no wasting time in the gym or on spreadsheets or forgetting your notebook at home. You'll be able to track your reps and sets and any notes while you work out all within the mobile app. The program also includes a private community group of like-minded women putting in the work, just like you. I'm in that group chat regularly, answering questions and posting tips. Plus, you have access to -to one-to-one accountability calls at our member rate. So if you wanted to connect with a coach personally, one-on-one, that is an option for you. My point is, you have to check this out. You can use the code FMF40 and save 40%. That's 40% per month for as long as you're a member. Just follow the link in our show notes below. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. How are you today? So good. How are you, Jody? I'm doing great. Another fun day to be with you guys. I love it. Yeah, we got some good stuff to cover today with uh, what to do when your significant other isn't healthy. I think we can all relate to this personally, but also um, I know I've walked alongside a lot of women um, as they're trying to get healthy and don't necessarily feel like they might have the support that they desire. So this kind of hits home. Right. And the question too, I think about is... um, what determines healthy when you live with somebody and and watch their habits on a daily basis sometimes even our vision of what's healthy and not healthy can get skewed don't you think that is such a good point right so we should jump in to just talking about the health of the relationship and when you as the spouse or viewing your significant other or, or whatever as being in an unhealthy position you know, what are your priorities around the health of the relationship first in conjunction with what you're viewing as perhaps unhealthy behaviors, maybe for yourself uh, or for them? And what does that kind of bring up under the surface? Yeah, I like how you opened up with that because a lot of times, you know, we propel our own issues for the sake of a better term, just for the sake of conversation onto someone else. And so um, if you're, if you're being hypercritical of your, of your significant other and your partner 
and somehow that is impacting your own behavior and your own choices, um, something that's always really encouraging is to take an inside look at yourself and say, okay, we, we obviously can't change other people. And so is this serving my relationship? Is this pursuing, you know, a greater health towards that goal, um, eating to eating dinner together at night or whatever it is that might be. And actually let's talk about that. What, what do you guys think are some of the, the biggest heavy hitters in terms of when it's a problem? I, what, what I was just thinking of was, um, not eating at the same times or not eating the same types of food um, makes a lot of people struggle when it comes to take, making healthier choices. How can that change the health of a relationship? I think when it becomes a constant strive for self, um, because we're called to put our spouse or whoever we love, friends, whoever, above our own, needs and desires, um, much easier said than done, but we're called to do that consistently, but you can still have a goal while you do that and still stick to your goals respectfully. Um, but if it is done in, um, deceit or discontentment or resentful, like a resentful nature, if all those actions are done around that, Mm -hmm. I think it just really depends on your heart positioning too. Um, So if you are being avoidant or something is driving you in fear um, by not wanting to eat something out of fear with your family, um, so making something different every time, I think one thing I can relate to on this is I often make my dinner not always the same as my husband's, but um, it's not out of fear. It's because I haven't had a vegetable all day, so I'm going to have a salad instead. And I know that he doesn't love them. So I'll just make one for myself. Or when he was his day in the gym and I just made a whole thing of brownies, he's like, no, I'm good. So Mm. those aren't hasteful, mean, or corruptful um, decisions or or needs and desires. It's just respecting each other. Um, But I really just think it depends on your heart positioning and your motive, your deeper motive out of all those things. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think the rub really comes when you're trying to um, really make some lifestyle changes. I love what you're talking about, Taylor, because I think those are like those daily habits where you recognize in yourself, hey, I need a salad or or no, I he doesn't want a brownie or whatever that is kind of thing. Um, but when you personally are trying to make significant changes in your health, like maybe you have had a really, really you know, six months, a year, five years of just eating very, very poorly, and you've made a decision, you've kind of drawn a line in the sand where you want to make um, some changes because it's really has been affecting your health. And perhaps those habits um, have also been affecting the health of your spouse, right? And um, you decide to make that change, and they aren't on board with either you making that change or them making changes themselves. And so suddenly your focus has changed and um, you also want to exert change on them. And what I can tell, you know, even from my own life or in coaching clients is that when you try to change another person, especially your significant other, that is a recipe for discontentment within the relationship. And it sets up this really, you know, crazy cycle um, of kind of this dance that starts going on. And, and I know that like even clients, they'll get really frustrated because they're trying to make the changes, but they feel like their spouse may be sabotaging 
that. So what are y'all's experience with that? Yes, I love that you pointed that up. And um, I think it's so important to acknowledge your own desire for them to change. That whatever started off as being a you thing has Mm -hmm. and will quickly and almost silently turn into a, I thought this was an us thing. Don't you want to support me? Don't you? And Taylor, like you said, making it about like when you're not, when you're too focused on serving yourself, it just slips right in. It's something that we all do. And it's really just about going, okay, I got to acknowledge this. I know that I know that when I personally, this is a personal experience, when I'm not feeling supported by Mitchell, I'm kind of a crybaby about it. Like I'm like, I try to make everything about me because I'm not acknowledging that I have this internal expectation or this other desire that isn't being voiced. And um, this has happened in the past with, um, I'll tell this really short story, but I was in contest prep and I make a really big deal at my birthday. And so Mitchell went to the baker who made our wedding cake and had me a little personal cake made for my birthday from our bakery where, who made our wedding cake, which I loved. And I was like, you are trying to sabotage me. Like, you know, I love this cake. <laughs> you know, and I was like heartbroken, but I wasn't mature enough to articulate it. It caused this huge blowout. And now it's a joke because it was, it was both of us. It was him not recognizing the effort that I was putting in into this goal that I had, or maybe it's just trying to be healthier. Like Jody said, whatever it is, it's really about communicating that and serving the other person. And then on the flip side, me not recognizing that he really was trying to serve me, that his heart was absolutely not to sabotage me. Um, but now we do use that and reflect back at, wait, is this kind of like when you got me that cake? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. are you trying to self-sabotage or are you trying to sabotage me, but really you're supporting me? And, and so encouraging that into your relationship of communicating and being open and recognizing, like, maybe this is this desire that I have for my own life. I can't have that desire for you, even if it is for really great reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you can, Kayla, I think it's interesting because you can acknowledge it, but it might be that you have to acknowledge it internally to yourself. And maybe it's not appropriate to acknowledge it to them. But I know for myself, I've had to kind of deal with um, getting inside and naming the fears that are around that. So a lot of times in relationships, one or the other might appear to be more healthy Um if your spouse maybe is carrying a lot of excess weight or um, that you can get into these fearful places about, oh, you know, I'm scared they might have a heart attack or they might become diabetic or um, all these other things that would potentially, you know, affect my life. And that's where Taylor, I'm thinking about when you're talking about the, you know, the selfish motive behind it. It's like, I'm looking at not wanting to deal with that as opposed to not wanting to see somebody I love um, not doing well. You know what I mean? There's that, that motivation. Is it a selfish motivation or is it, I really, um, I really love this person and I don't want to see them, um, you know, not unhealthy because mm-hmm. that hurts. Right. Yeah, that's Jody. That's awesome. And Kayla, thank you for that example. Cause I think a lot of people can resonate deep with like our personal experiences. And I think that it's such a mixture of, of compassion, but the lack of control, 
we can, we can have compassion on them and, and really just um, get into a deeper level of, of feeling, like you said, feeling that fear of not wanting them to go there. But when it starts to turn into control of wanting to change them, it's so crazy how control can just take over your whole mind. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, take a step back turn it into turn inside of yourself and say, Oh my gosh, I've been trying to control everything that you're doing. And the reason why I'm getting upset or discontent is because I've been trying to control you. And so it can just be such a deep breath when you realize that you cannot control them, no matter how much you can do, how much you can say, and it's going to make you so much better off for your goals. When you just respect that you are two separate people and, um, try to be unified through supporting each other and having compassion for each other because especially a male and a female have completely different, different motives, personalities, emotions. And so it always is so much more rewarding for the two of you um, by just supporting each other, like you said, Kayla, and communicating that. Right. I think it's super important too, to acknowledge that, um, you know, when you're trying to make changes that, you don't have to impose those changes on another person. Some of us, I mean, the differences between male and female for sure. And then there's also the difference um, with how much control. Um, I think of the psychological concept of the locus of control, where there's like some people have a tendency to believe that control resides internally with them and others um, relate it to external um, that, that, the external controls their situation or what they think. And so when you're trying to make changes, when you look at yourself, you can assess, am I more um, have an internal focus being able to say, you know, I have control over the ability to make changes for myself or does my environment in the external determine my ability to make those choices? So like if a spouse is, um, doesn't make the best, healthiest choices, how is that impacting me? Do I believe that that external locus of control is stronger than um, the internal locus of control? And so different people fall in different portions of that spectrum. You might be someone that has a really strong sense of an internal focus of control where you have the ability to make um, decisions and changes outside of what is happening in your environment, but right or wrong, you also may find yourself where you're more externally focused, that those changes really depend and you believe on that those are affected by what's happening outside of you. And so we all fall in different places of that and re- being able to recognize, and that's kind of like getting into that internal work, like where, um, you know, people like people with high internal locus of control believe that in their own ability to control themselves and influence the world around them. So like where do you fall on that continuum when you start looking at how you want to make changes in your eating behavior? Like, are you putting so much emphasis on your spouse to make the change so that you can make the change? So knowing where you fall on that continuum, I think is super important as you move into, you know, any kind of change, whether it's health or whatever else, but Mm -hmm. does that make sense? No, absolutely. Yeah. I love that the the visual that you get from thinking about what we can control and what we can't control but being aware of how impacted we are by our environment and by no means 
is do I believe that there's necessarily one better than the other? Like a lot of things that we're talking about, what we're trying to say with you guys is to bring awareness that there are differences and to kind of just evaluate where you are if you find yourself struggling in this area and even yearning for your significant other to be healthier. Let's say you're, you're pursuing that goal and you're feeling like they might be holding you back. Uh, that is the, that's the, what I hear a lot coming through uh, from, from clients over the years and just even just in friends of whatever it is, even if it's not health, if it is financial or if it's trying to just change anything, like Jody said, how much we're impacted by our environment and how much control that we truly have. And it really does go back to that mindset that we talk about all the time and the filter in which we see things. Uh, similar to what Taylor was saying we first opened up was, um, is it at the very bottom self-serving? Jody, I loved how you mentioned about the health of your significant other, about, I mean, how their health might be impacting you, how their sleeping habits might impact you, how their sleeping habits might, and, and we're all selfish. It's, it's, we're in our nature is that way, recognizing it and um, giving yourself grace and then working towards that communication because having healthy communication is important and no matter what stage of your relationship is in and being able to articulate your support for one another and what that might look like. Because going back to my cake story, once we were, we were able to articulate that that action made me feel as if Mitchell wasn't being supportive, gave him the opportunity to like, that is absolutely not what I was trying to do, provide his support in a different way. And now it's laughable. And a lot of times that's where that's where the mistake is made is because there's a lot of assuming going on and there's harboring of, you know, feelings and it, it just gets us in, in sticky situations that um, hopefully you can use some of this insight that you can avoid and ultimately be a healthier version of yourself. Yeah. So what do you guys think is the best way to support your significant other when you kind of want them to change because you're trying to change, right? Without being selfish, how can we support them? What takeaways, you know, can we give to our listeners on that? I was actually going to try to articulate, what do you guys think is the best way to ask for support in the midst of a tough conversation? Mm. Because I think, Jody, a takeaway from what you just said is definitely communicate. Definitely communicate your unsaid expectation. Um, and sometimes we can hold those, we can hold those within our, our own minds, knowing that it's unrealistic and we can try our best to let that go or communicate the ones that are unmet to make sure that they have a new need or a new desire to meet our need. So what do you guys think is the best way in a, in just a simple conversation to ask for support? Taylor, I think what I hear you saying is like, being able to like set aside our own agenda and um, better understand what theirs is. And, and so not necessarily a competing agenda or two different agendas, but really just stopping back like Kayla in the cake example is trying to understand the underlying motives um, for whatever is going on and, you know, maybe not trying to change them, but to accept them and appreciate where they're coming from. Um, not trying to, you know, like Mitchell, not trying to sabotage you, but instead really trying to celebrate you. Mm -hmm. you know? 
Well, I think it boils down to a concept that I learned from a fantastic marriage book. I know that you guys have read it, Love and Respect. Um, And if you haven't, and you're listening, Love and Respect, just go ahead and put it in your Amazon cart. It's amazing. But it really is talking about at the very basis, coming through the filter of that this person cares and loves me and wants good for me. And so if they care and love and want good for me, then whatever this behavior is that's happening is not coming from a place of harm. It's coming from a place of maybe unawareness or whatever. So it kind of opens up that conversation of doing two things, both saying what hurt you or what is making you not feel supported or what's making you feel challenged. But following that with, I know because I know that you love me, that you don't mean it that way. And sometimes when we go into this cycle of response of, I don't feel supported. And because I don't feel supported, then now I'm irritated and I really just wish you would change. And it kind of gets in this messy cycle when we stop that and we initiate that conversation with our significant others and say, you know, I've recognized that some of these things have been really challenging and that it might not be fair that I'm putting this expectation on you. I do want you to know that I recognize, but first and foremost, I want you to know that I know that you love me. And so to better support me, maybe let's talk about what this would look like. And if that meant, you know, watching the kids at a certain time so that I can make sure I make time to go to the gym because when I go to the gym, I'm a better version of myself and I can serve my family better and I've got more energy for you and the family or whatever it is that all the benefits of having, you know, enough sleep and exercise and, you know, healthy food around um, something as small as ordering your groceries online so that you don't have to spend hours doing the grocery shopping, having those conversations with your significant other can prove to be making you feel a lot more supported. And in a way, ultimately, even if they're eating different food or even if they're choosing not to go to the gym or whatever, I think it's an initial step um, to give you guys some ammunition to step away from ever thinking that your significant other would want to harm you in some way. Because they're your significant other. They probably don't want to harm you. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that, Kayla. That's perfect. And yeah, like you said, order that book because it makes so much sense. A crazy cycle. We want love. They want respect. It's so good. So how do you manage that when you want, you'd still want them to change? Like, what does that look like? Um, you might be doing all the right things, but you're frustrated because they're not. How do you engage that? I think one of the most helpful things for me has been changing my, my resentful griping into gratitude and looking at all the things that they are doing. And maybe, again, coming from a place of compassion, what they might be struggling with to even want to change. I think that a lot of us, um, like you were saying, Kayla, just start to assume and we do not even know the full picture of even our spouse, the one that is closest to us, their deepest insecurities sometimes just aren't always said. And sometimes it takes years and years and years to have those tough conversations before you actually know what's deep inside of their insecurities sometimes. So maybe that they just 
are not in that place yet. And I think that that's, that really changes our hearts to become so much more compassionate and just to let that go and knowing that we can only control ourselves and our actions and our behaviors and start to change your heart for them by even if you have to write down your own little personal journal of what you love about them and meditate on those qualities and, and even saying out loud to them, I really, and, and reinforcing those things. I really appreciate when you do this, or I love this about you. When you voice those things out loud, that is going to change your heart. That is going to change your mind. And I know that we have had some experience with our self-talk with our clients and just knowing how powerful that is, even when you're talking to somebody else, when you might not feel that way, but a feeling is not a dictator to the situation. Right. And there's times too, that you do need to have a really honest discussion or confront something, you know, that's kind of hanging out there. And one of the, um, a really positive way to do that is just ask for permission to be able to um, offer an observation you know, and it's, it can be an observation regarding yourself as much as an observation regarding them and where the conflict between the two might arise and, um, you know, start, start a discussion um, where you're really intently listening to what, what they're willing to share, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I think about, right. like, how does love respond? It's a big mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Taylor, I love um, that wisdom that you shared about just th- their reason, their resistance to jumping on board, so to speak, especially if you've been mm-hmm. at this for a little bit, it can feel really daunting. And um, the advice would never just be to, well, you just do you, girlfriend. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, we're, we're about no. like, unity and relationships and unity and, and marriage, especially. And, um, you know, there are this journey can go on for a really long time. But Taylor, like you said, I mean, we all have these things that we hold really dear to us that we might not even want to admit is holding us back. Um, And so being really open, and I think you hit the nail on the head in the very beginning of saying like, why? Is it for you or is it truly for them? Because for their own health, mind you, I mean, the heart attacks, the high blood pressure, um, the high cholesterol, those are all real things that we're dealing with. And I was just having this conversation with my parents um, because my mom has been on, you know, she's not in in the healthiest and she's, you know, battled cancer and she's one of the strongest people I've ever met. At the same time, I have this mission in my life to maximize the, as much as I can and be, a good steward of as much as I can. And so when it comes to health, I do try to make the best decisions because I've seen firsthand and Jody, you've mentioned this too, kind of with your, with your aging mother-in-law of what we can avoid. I want to have a healthy life and I want it to be high quality. And so if I can control this, especially at a young age, while I can still change the trajectory of things, that is, that's, that's my desire, but I can't necessarily put that on the people around me. I can't force my parents to be healthier because I want them to be around more. I can only set an example. I can only be encouraging. And at the end of the day, be available with and compassionate 
uh, when they're ready. And a lot has changed over the years. I've been doing this for like 17 years now. Um, and they finally do reach out <laughs> for things. They're probably listening to this podcast now chuckling because they know exactly what I'm talking about. My sister's included. Mm -hmm. so, um, I think that's a, an important point, Kaylee, because when we take advantage of the opportunities to discuss change with other people, and what I mean by that is when we're in a conversation, um, sometimes there's language that uh, comes up in a conversation that kind of gives you the cue that someone is is interested in change or considering change or, or wanting to change something. And when we listen carefully, they become invitations for us to be able to speak into um, that without being judgmental or, you know, nagging or impressing shoulds and shouldn'ts and being prescriptive and all that other kind of stuff, but just really opening up um, a place where they can come into deeper discovery which I think is, is super powerful because mm -hmm. it's winsome. It, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's winsome. Yeah, I think that's it great. Is. So overall, like, don't, don't be discouraged. Don't stop encouraging. Um, but ultimately turn inward, do some self-reflection because the best version of you is not belaboring someone else. The best version of you is truly a servant's heart. It truly is a position of service. And it's, it's how we, you mother out of service. You are a friend out of service. You're a spouse and significant and significant other, um, out of a service heart, your actions are just going to follow because there's certain things that are going to look a little more selfish and, and we're all human. And so there's a lot of grace, like grace abounds in that space. Um, and having a community to, to have conversation and to have relation and bounce ideas off of each other. And, um, va there's value in other person's experiences. And so that's just one of the things that we're offering here with the podcast is some of our personal stories. Um, but that's exactly why we have online communities like fit me forever, which is free through Facebook. You guys will see the links of that below, um, your gym friends, your small group, um, be open with that because you're not the only one that is going through it. Maybe it's not health. Maybe it's something else. Um, but we're all kind of in this together. And so we hope that you are encouraged by the things that we've shared today. Um, and just maybe even have a little bit of ammunition to kind of go back to the drawing board. If you're feeling a little bit discouraged, um, knowing that it's not the end all be all, and it's definitely not going to sabotage your efforts to be healthy. You do have a lot of control of your own behavior. That's mm -hmm. true. And you, it doesn't have to be an either or it can be a both, um, you know, approaching your own self care in a way that's supportive, but doesn't, it doesn't have to be invasive to yourself. Mm -hmm. And so it really just comes back to just owning your own choices and your own health and, um, being an influence, even in the silent places, I think. Yep. Doing the best with what you have. Totally. As I've said before, Fit Me Forever is about you. It truly is a state of being and not just another program to follow. If you haven't already, we would love to hear how you're using the tools and the strategies that we discuss on this podcast to maximize your results. It would mean so much to us for you to leave us a review. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you guys next time.